And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. That's a part of the 11th verse of the second chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I'll read you another verse here, a part of another verse. For we have seen his star in the east. For we have seen his star. Both of these scriptures I've quoted are in the second chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. My sermon on Mother's Day may be a rather peculiar type sermon. But you know, I'm so greatly concerned today about the need of an emphasis in this country, and this is my last opportunity to preach to you this year. I'll be talking to you at chapel this week, tomorrow at least, and then two or three times the following week just before commencement. But this will be my last opportunity to preach a regular sermon. It's quite a responsibility to stand here on Sunday morning and preach to these students, especially as a founder of this school, especially as a man getting along in years with much experience, because I know enough to know that you are rather inclined to take what I say seriously. And that gives me a strange sense of responsibility. And while I'm talking to you, I'm talking to people listening over there, many friends, sick people, shut-in people, all sorts of people. Some of them sinners, some of them never go to church, listening to the message here on Sunday morning. So we have quite a necessity for quite a range in what we try to say here on Sunday morning. But I also would like to remind you that I owe a tremendous obligation to you young people. We owe you a great debt. We are responsible to God if we do not tell you what you ought to hear. If we should neglect to give the emphasis that we should give here, we'd be sinning not only against God, but against you and your future in Christian work. Now, there's a greatly neglected emphasis in this country. We are neglecting to exalt Jesus Christ to the place to which he's entitled in our thinking and in our Christian program. Now, I'm not a great authority on church history, but if you go back and study church history, you'll find that all of these great movements that broke out came to the people because of a neglected emphasis. Uh, for instance, under Weston Whitfield, uh, they neglected uh, Christian experience. But they talked a great deal about Jesus Christ. And uh, he was pretty well exalted, but they neglected their personal contact and fellowship with him. Now, it is possible to exalt Jesus Christ in a way, at least in our, well, in our literature and hymns and all that, and not exalt him in our heart. But you've come to tragic days when Jesus Christ is pushed around, and somebody else like the Virgin Mary is exalted, or somebody else gets the first place, or somebody else steps out and says, I'm infallible when I speak my words uh, in my position, uh, infallible words. There's a tremendous movement in our modern world to push Jesus Christ uh, just a little on the side. And if you not push him to the side, uh, you bring somebody else into the same circle with him. And instead of focusing the light that God would have focused upon his son, as he did in the early days according to the story of the New Testament, uh, we focus the light on him and somebody else, maybe on Jesus and his mother. Maybe on Jesus and a priesthood. Maybe on Jesus and a church program. But there's a great temptation, and it's growing very serious in this country. 
It should be a matter of tremendous concern to all of us. It is a matter of great concern to me. Now, any revival movement that does not exalt him in the first place, or that ties up itself with some movement that doesn't give him the first place, is not a genuine revival. And an educated institution that neglects this emphasis as God gives it is not really a Christian institution. Now, since I want Bob Jones University to always be Christian, I want us to understand uh, the age in which we're living, the conditions that surround us. Now, I'd like to have you notice first that when the, these wise men came, they didn't come to see the virgin and the baby. They came to see Jesus. And he was with his mother. They came to see him. Now, keep that in your mind. You'll find that emphasis all through the New Testament. When John the Baptist saw him, he, he didn't focus the light on himself or anybody else. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Look at him. Fix your eyes on him. Oh, when I think of the age in which we're living and how we're fixing our gaze on government and our gaze on philosophy and our gaze on every other thing and every other type of movement except on Jesus Christ, there comes to my heart a strange, sad, sickening feeling. Now notice this, they said, we've seen his star in the east. We've seen his star. Whose star? The baby's star. We saw his star. Now wait just a minute. Not the Virgin Mary. Not some mother. We've seen his star. His star. I wonder if that star was a birthday present to a little baby. No star ever was given in the sky as a birthday present to anybody else. It was his star. It was not given to him. <laughs> he lighted that star on the morning of creation. We've seen his star. Mary was not the mother of God. Jesus Christ was a son of God from the beginning. Let's understand it. Mary, the virgin, was not the mother of God. She was the mother of the son of man, who was God's son. He was born of a virgin. But Mary wasn't divine. Mary was a perfectly normal, pure girl. There have been thousands of women as good as Mary. She was a virgin. She was a good girl. She was a normal girl. She was engaged to a man, betrothed to him. She had other children after Jesus was born. She was a perfectly normal human being. Lived a normal human life. She was chosen by Almighty God. Not because of any merit that she had that other women didn't they? Because it suited God's purpose to choose her. We read in the Bible about God choosing weak things to confound mighty things. Bring up the obscure things to bring to naught the things that stand out. There's nothing you can say against Mary. She's a good girl. She's virtuous. She's a loved God. She had a spirit of reverence. She felt her unworthiness. All the good things you can say, but she is still a girl. 
just a girl. A good girl. And thank God for all the good girls that still live. The sorrow of our day is that millions of girls are not good anymore. Oh, the sorrow of our world. When that wonderful light of purity goes out of the eye of a girl, God of hosts be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. She's a good girl, but she's just a girl, a virgin, just a good, nice, pure, religious girl with a reverent heart. Now, don't be swept off your feet. And she is in the light with Jesus because she was simply chosen by Almighty God. He had to have a girl. And there had to be some highway from heaven to earth for God's Son to come. And that highway was the body of a virgin. The birth of Jesus Christ was no more miraculous than the birth of John the Baptist. It was just different. No more miraculous. Let's understand it. Let's, 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 let's get down to earth. Don't you young people be swept off your feet by peculiar, subtle, mystical things that are being said that won't stand the light. The mother of John the Baptist was a barren woman. And the birth of a baby from that type woman is as miraculous as the birth of Jesus. It's just different. Life is miraculous. Wait a minute. I'm speaking plainly, but not bluntly. In the body of the Virgin Mary was a little baby in the heart of every Christian that dwells a risen Son of God. It's no more miraculous for a Jesus to be born of a virgin than it is for Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Ghost to indwell our hearts. And if you're a Christian as you sit here in this building or at home and listen, there's a miracle been wrought in your life. Listen. The miracle of Jesus who was with his disciples coming to dwell in us. Miracle of all miracles. You know, we just forget that. He that habits eternity. He that dwelt in the bosom of the Father in eternity condescends to move into our bodies and dwell there. You're a miracle. You were sitting here today. Wonderful that Jesus was born. Thank God for the Virgin Mary. But thank God for Jesus Christ who still miraculously dwells in the hearts of me. In us. He is a hope of glory. So miracles are going on still around the world. Let's understand it. Let's come back down to fundamentals. You know, the mother instinct's a normal instinct. 
You know, if a girl hasn't that instinct, she isn't a normal girl. A mother may not have wanted the baby. She may have preferred to live her worldly, superficial, self-indulgent life. But if she's normal, and that little baby's put on her arms, and that little baby hand's put on her cheek, and that little baby breath blows in her face, God Almighty doesn't have to bend over the battlements of heaven and tell her to love the baby. She loved the baby. That's woman's heart. These folks that drag their babies over the world to live with other men like some theatrical people have done. I walk off to leave our babies and cross the ocean and live in sin with somebody else. They're not normal. They passed out of a realm even where animals wouldn't go. An old hen in the barnyard would cover her own little baby chicks with the best protecting wings she has. And the eagle flies over, the hawk passes. And the babies run for cover. Common ordinary hen has planted in her heart by Almighty God the strange instinct of motherhood that shelters a baby. You know, if you're going to deify women just because they love the babies, I know hens I'd like to wish. I read on the farm. I watched them when the storms had come. And I've seen them scratch around in the yard and find a worm and call one of the little chickens and say, i got something for you, come here. A little bit would come running and she'd push another away for that one. And use her legs till they grew tired trying to find a worm for another baby. That's, where did that come from? Well, I know where that hen instinct come from. I don't have to worry about it. My Bible tells me every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good thing. Mother instinct. God planted that flower in the soul of woman. It's the divinest flower he ever planted. He planted. You don't worship women just because they have the instinct of motherhood. What we need today is to salute again. The women of the world, the women of the world who are Christian mothers, that's the need of this country. It's a sort of a hard thing to say on Mother's Day, but I'm a preacher. I have a hard time throwing kisses of admiration at a lot of women I know in this day. When they crowd your cocktail lounges and drink their liquor, drop their cigarette ashes in the faces of their little babies. 
It wouldn't be easy for me to wear a flower for a mother like that with what I know. I remember one time in Bob Jones College in Cleveland, Tennessee, one of the sweetest boys ever came to Bob Jones University. Came to my office and said, I want to know if you think I'm a bad sinner. I won't talk to you. Maybe I'm wrong. But he said, my mother's a wicked woman. I was her only child. Father was a good, hard-waking man, but a good man. And one day, my father was at work, and my mother left me in my cradle and went away with the meanest man in town. And I never heard from her till the other day. I've never seen her. I don't remember. My father died not long after that. And the good woman took me and read. She's the only mother I knew. But after I grew up, she told me something about it. And told me about my mother and said she thought I ought to know it. And I said, you're my mother. And I kissed her. And said, the other day I got a letter from my mother. Said she heard I was in Bob Jones College studying for the ministry. And she said... My husband died, and I'm on charity, and I think you ought to take care of me. I'm your mother, you know. He said, what must I do? I was on the spot. I said, well, if you are able to send us some money... I'd send her money like I would anybody else. I couldn't tell him to honor a mother like that. She was a woman. Supposed to be normal. His mother left him. Left him. Went away. With a man to live in sin. Dirty, disreputable, low-down, vile creature. Of course, I never told anybody in school about it. I think he sent her a little money. But you know, I'd have a right hard time wearing a flower for a mother like that. You know, uh, you know we want to watch out now about this Mother Day business. Honor thy father and mother, thy days may be long upon the earth. Yeah, I know. But God set standards for mothers and fathers, too. Listen. God set standards for wives and husbands. Husbands love your wives like Jesus loves the church. Wives obey your husband. Standards are set. God set standards for motherhood. And those standards in this day are being pulled down in the world, especially in America. Rather seriously. You know, this Mother Day might go on to such a point, especially when they put Mary in heaven bodily. 
There's a tendency and a danger in this country. But we might just simply exalt the motherhood instinct. Just exalt it. And push Jesus out of place. I hesitated to say that on Mother's Day. Because you know how I honor my mother. She's sleeping today, her body, in that lonely graveyard. Lord willing, the 1st of July, I'll be three miles from there in a big tent holding a revival meeting. I'll go to that grave every day. I honor these good mothers. The mothers that teach their children to love God, to trust Jesus, to obey and be decent and good. And these mothers that set the example they ought to set before their children. Mary was a good woman. I salute her as I salute all good women. But remember, they said it's his star. His star. All stars are his stars. Every star that shines in the darkness of our world is his star. All the light that pierces the night of this day of perversity and sin is a light from some star he lighted. The star of motherhood. An instinct that he put there. He made all things. He made the soul of mother. Listen just a minute. Mary the virgin if she's in heaven, and I'm sure she is, but not bodily. If she's in heaven, she's in heaven on the same basis every other woman ever went to heaven, ever will go to heaven goes. She doesn't go to heaven because she has any virtue that you don't have. You go to heaven not because you're just a good mother. Not simply because you're an obedient child. You don't go to heaven because God chose you through whom he might bring the Messiah. You go to heaven because he that lighted the stars saves you. Mary has no salvation, any other name except his name. And you listen to me. When he was a little child, he obeyed his mother. He was subject to his parents. But Mary's prayer to Jesus Christ in heaven doesn't have any more effect or power influence than the prayer of the humblest saint that looked up to God. We want to think about these things. We saw his star. They came to see the baby who was with his mother. Not the mother or the Messiah. Everybody else has to step to one side when he comes on the stage. Apostle Paul, greatest man ever lived in the world, falls down his feet. Moses, Abraham. And the bigger they are, and the holier they are, and the higher they climb, the more their hearts sing, All hail the power of Jesus' name. That angels prostrate for. Bring forth the royal diadem. 
and crown him Lord of all. Young people, you better watch your step. This isn't Mother's Day. This is a Lord's Day. Every day's his day. The Lord's day. Years ago, when my good old friend, Senator Thomas Heflin of Alabama, who died recently, was making those wonderful speeches he made when he was trying to get a declaration in Congress that we set aside a Mother's Day, I started to tell him, Senator... Make it some day besides Sunday. I was young then, and I was a little more reserved than I'd be now. It's a little dangerous to call any day Lord's Day any day but His day. This is his day. Oh, don't misunderstand. Please. Please. I think I honor my mother as much as anybody. In all the years of my ministry, I've told the story of her kisses and goodbyes and of her love for me and my love for her. And no day ever passes. No day of my life ever passes. I don't remember. And some days I feel that I'd give all I have if I could just one time more feel her hand on my brow. Don't misunderstand. But not even motherhood. Or childhood. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing must crowd Jesus Christ out. We saw his star. I hope when you awoke this morning that the first person you thought of was Jesus. That doesn't mean you don't love mother. (laughs) The one who thought first of Jesus this morning can love mother better than one that thought first of mother. The one who last night spoke the last word to Jesus as you were rocked to sleep in the arms of weariness If you said, thank you, Jesus, you're a better son and daughter today than you would if it had been the last thought of mother. In all things, in mother love, in, in wife and husband relation, in church contacts, 
in everything we think and do and dream and hope. In all things, he has a preeminence if we treat him right. But very few folks treat him right. He's not getting a square deal. There are very few people that ever gave him a square deal. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. Wise men. Wise men. Always put him first. And that's what's the matter with the wisdom of the world. It never puts him first. <laughs> Political trickery. Schemes of man. Everything first. Except Jesus. Church advertisements. Sunday school day. Everything. And more and more the thing grows on us. It's worse today than it was a year ago. It's getting worse all the time. So young people, when I come back here and over and over emphasize what I'm emphasizing today, I'm right. My prayer is, oh God, help us in Bob Jones University to look at the stars and connect them with Jesus. To look at all the flowers and say they're his flowers. To see the baby smile and say he lighted that smile on the baby's face for all good things come from him. And when mother loves us and we look up and say mother love, that's from a star he lighted to drive away the darkness out of my little cradle. God made mothers. Somebody that didn't know God said he couldn't be everywhere, so he made mothers. But he is everywhere. And when you were a baby, there were things mother couldn't do for you. He did. She could do something for you. But she couldn't keep your heart beating and your eye and your lungs. He did something for you, a baby, too. Even beyond what mother could do. And when you reach the valley of death, mother will have to stop on this side and say goodbye, daughter. Goodbye, dear. Mother would walk with you if I could, but I can't. But he can. He never stops on this side of the valley. He leaves mother there and father there and sweetheart there, but goes with you. Young folks, he's everything. He's everywhere. He's all in and all. He was the 
Savior of the Virgin Mary's mother. And the Savior of his legal father, Joseph. Not his real human father, but legal father. He was the Savior of his brothers. He's the only Savior. He's not one of the ways to heaven. He's the only way. In his name, you have as much access to God, his father and your father, as pope or priest or bishop or saint or Virgin Mary. Let's understand. We talk about St. Paul and St. John and St. this. You are not made saints by mortal man. You are made a saint by our risen conquering Christ. And you're a saint as much as any Christian in the world. You may not live saintly. And some people they call saints didn't live saintly either. You may not live saintly. But there are just two classes, sinners and saints. And unworthy as I am as a trusting child of God, I've moved to the circle of the saints when I accepted Christ. That's where you move. Let's don't be swept off our feet. We've seen his star. Where is he? You don't always find him in cathedrals. Where is he? When these wise men found him, he was not in church or cathedral. A walking down a uh, a uh, aisle of a building. They found him wrapped in a cradle. You can find him when you want him. No one that ever sought him sincerely failed to find him. You can find him here today. You can find him by your radio at home. You can find him on the highway as you drive along. You don't have to find him if you're saved. He's already found you. And you're hid with Christ in God. We saw his star. Where is he? We want to worship him. Anybody could light stars like that that's willing to come to earth and be a baby and a man and die. Anybody like that's worth finding him and worth worshiping him. And they found him and worshiped him. God help us to love him. And God help us from this day henceforward to always keep in mind it wasn't Mary and Jesus, it was Jesus and Mary. Keep it in mind. Remember it. Tell your mother she's sweet and all that.
She's more to you than anybody but Jesus, but not even mother must be more than Jesus. Husband and wife must not be more than Jesus. He must be first. If he isn't first, he's not Lord of your life. The Lord is first. If he's Lord at all. God help us to be faithful. Blessed Jesus. We know what we've said this morning is true. We've never been more conscious that what we've said in any pulpit was true than what we've said today. And every one who questioned it has something wrong with his Christian experience. We thank thee for all the flowers, lovely flowers, planted in the hearts of even a fallen race. The flower of motherhood. The flower of modesty that, thank God, still blooms in the cheeks of a few sweet girls we know. We thank thee for all these. We thank thee for the flower of father instinct, too, that makes fathers tug and toil and work to take care of their own. The flower of love for husband, for wife, and wife for husband. Parent for child, and child for parent. And we thank thee for the flower of friendship, too, that lovely flower. And Jesus had some in his own little group that they said, this one's pretty close to him. Get him to ask him. And we thank thee that the one that Jesus called Father, we can call our Father. And we call thee Father Day because thy Son, our Savior, died for us. We trust him. Keep us faithful. For Jesus' sake. Amen.